What if there was a different way to live and work beyond the hustle and hype, beyond the never ending race to get more, do more, be more, a way that's nourishing, grounded, creative, and aligned with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Alchemy in Action with me, your host, Amanda Cook. In each episode, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. Join me to create a life and work that truly fit you, infused with meaning and magic. This week, I'm talking about to healthy living strategist, Adria DeCourt. And we're actually not talking about wellness, although that's what Adria specializes in. We are talking about TED Talks. Because earlier this year, Adria pitched herself and got accepted to do a speaking opportunity at a local TEDx event in her area, which is awesome. So I'm sure all of you listening out there are very familiar with the inspiring TED Talks. I know I love to watch TED Talks online for a little dose of inspiration and just motivation and helping me to just think in a different kind of way, expanding my mind, right? So I imagine it's pretty difficult to get to speak at the actual TED event. But what's super cool is that there are these independently organized TEDx events that happen all over the world. And those are much more achievable to speak at. And I know for me, that's one of my big goals for next year is to get to speak at a TEDx event. And I know that many of you aspire to do that as well. So that's why I wanted to have Adria on the show. Adria is actually a podcast listener as well, and she hosts her own podcast. And I just thought it was super inspiring how she got to speak at a TEDx. And I thought, this is something that so many of us want to do. Let's have Adria on to talk about exactly how she made that happen. And also, once she was accepted, how she prepared for such a big event. But first, I just want to give a couple of shout outs to those of you who have left reviews and ratings in iTunes. I absolutely love to see these coming in from around the world. So a big shout out to Imperfectly Whole Life from the U.S. and also to one of our previous guests, Amanda Jane Daly, who left a review and also to Zan Michaels, who left a review. So thanks so much, because every time you leave a rating or review in iTunes, it tells iTunes that you like this podcast and it helps them promote it. To other listeners when people are searching in the podcast area of iTunes. So it just helps to get the word out. So thank you so much for that. Now let's jump into our interview with Adria DeCourt about becoming a TEDx speaker. Hi, Adria. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Well, thank you, Amanda. I'm really excited about chatting today. So you're actually a listener of the podcast too, aren't you? I am. I've been listening. I'm not sure if it's quite, maybe it's since the beginning, but but pretty, pretty close there. That's awesome. So it's great to have you on. And so what you do is you're a healthy living strategist. And what's really cool is that you work with entrepreneurs on how they can be more healthy and integrate wellness into their life. Is that right? Exactly. So this might be interesting since we are talking to wellness entrepreneurs. A lot of what I do is not necessarily always focused on the knowledge behind healthy habits and and those kinds of things. It's more the strategy side, like how you're actually integrating it into your work week, how you're actually using it to what I call feed hustle in crazy, hectic work weeks that we have with entrepreneurs. 
Because like none of us in the wellness world would ever be telling our clients to eat their greens and make sure they exercise and don't get stressed. And, you know, of course we're doing that ourselves, right? Right. Of course. <laughs> All I mean, we, the would, time. <laughs> we would never fall off the wagon ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so I bet anybody out there that's, you know, been hustling for a while and trying to get their business going, you know that at certain points, you, it's so hard to keep up with your own wellness routine. So I'd love it if you could kind of yeah, talk a little bit about what you deal with with your clients because you've said you worked with some wellness entrepreneurs as well. Yes, I have. And you know, it's surprising because you wouldn't think about it that way. But you think about yourself as a wellness entrepreneur, whether you're a health coach or you help people with fitness or whatever realm it is, a lot of times when you're in the hustle of your business, the same things you're helping other people with can start to fall off the wagon, start off to fall off the list. Like, for me, when I became an entrepreneur and started helping people with things, suddenly I was getting in the middle of projects and I wasn't, you know, taking, I was basically like canceling my workouts because I was like, I'm like, my workouts, it was at nine, but I'm in the middle of this. I cannot leave, you know, and I hadn't been to the gym in months suddenly, even though I was a gym rat before. And even like food was starting to be like a dash to the kitchen rather than taking time to like make sure I was nourishing myself. So I am all too familiar with the fact that sometimes when we are hustling with our business, we forget to feed our hustle. We forget to like actually integrate those habits that, that keep our energy going. It's really the stuff that like energizes us, the stuff that keeps us feeling positive and happy because we're releasing endorphins or we're producing serotonin or we are um, just eating fuel that gives us the nutrients to keep our brain fueled. And when we are busy and we have a business we're growing. It's easy to prioritize our business over ourselves, even if what our business is doing is helping other people. Yeah, it's really funny. It's like we don't need more wisdom because we all know what to do, right? We're all in the field of wellness, but it's actually the integrating it into your life. Because I know this happens to me periodically. Like if I'm really immersed in a big project, I just want to do that project. And so like, would I eat a bunch of greens? Yes, if I actually went to the grocery store to get them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I don't prioritize that. So I don't make time for it. So then I don't have something healthy to eat and I make bad choices. And it's embarrassing because I think, well, one, I know better. And two, like, this is actually what I've worked with clients to do to integrate it into their life. So I don't know. Do you have any tips around that? Like what those of us that should know better actually can do to integrate this into our life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Absolutely. I also have a podcast, Feed Your Hustle, and we talk about these things a lot. And one of the main things that comes up for the women that I'm talking with is honestly, okay, so I'm going to say these things, but honestly, probably anyone listening is going to be like, yeah, hello. But the thing is, we don't do them sometimes when we get into these traps. So one of the things is really just to block it out, to schedule it, to if you have client calls during the day or something like that, to like block out that time in your calendar for, for your lunch break or for your gym workout or whatever. And the thing is, is we know that, but actually getting yourself to go to it is really, really important. So whatever you can do to make it feel easier for you, or that's in the case of the gym. Like if you, you know, you need to set your stuff out by the door. If you need to like wear your <laughs> workout clothes around the house, whatever it is, like Everything that I talk about is around making it feel easier because then it's easier to get over that overwhelm or get over that that resistance to doing it. So around food, it's like really a lot of that 
opening your fridge and making it super easy for you to eat a meal that's good. So like what you were talking about, Amanda, like making sure that you do have groceries. So maybe plan it into your schedule to go to the grocery store or ask a favor and get your husband to do it or whatever it is. Making sure when you open the fridge and you're doing that that kitchen dash at 12 noon when you're right in the middle of client calls or a project and you only have 15 minutes and you need to grab something and eat it fast, you actually really do have that and it's easy. Because if it's hard, you're probably going to do something that your clients would do and just go to the kitchen and grab whatever the easiest snack is to just get you through that point. And then you're going to notice your energy is starting to drop. Mm-hmm. I find that sometimes when we're running our own businesses, like we can just be the worst bosses ever. <laughs> like you would, you would never, ever accept a boss that treats you how you treat yourself sometimes. And I think this is like an ongoing evolution as you evolve as an entrepreneur and somebody that, or even if you're a freelancer and you have to just manage your own schedule, because when you get so involved in a project, you just say, oh, well, everything else isn't important. I'll just do this. Whereas maybe even if you had a corporate job, you would say, you know what, my health is important and I am going to go to the gym. But when you're working for yourself, it's just really easy to say, because you're so passionate about it, to just put it all off to the side. So that's great advice. Schedule it in. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A couple of years back was when I transitioned from, I was actually working for the government. I transitioned into being a full-time entrepreneur and I had all that happen. I was so good with healthy habits before that. I was, you know, seven hours of exercise a week at the gym. And I was, you know, all these different things. And yeah, like instantly, like there's that little switch that flips in your brain. And suddenly you start prioritizing everyone else's stuff over your own. And it's, it starts to weigh on you and burnout is a real thing and it happens. So, you know, eventually if you don't keep prioritizing yourself, your business will end up suffering. So it's really just thinking about it as like, I'd like to say, making healthy living part of your business plan, like remembering that it's actually an integral part of keeping your business doing well. Oh, I like that. And I think for us, for the wellpreneurs, it's even more important because not only is it keeping you like at your peak so you can perform, but also it's making you totally in alignment with your message so that you can really authentically share with your clients, like what struggles do you have with wellness? You know, because we don't all have it figured out perfectly and making sure that you're walking your talk. So that's great oh, advice. Absolutely. Cool. So Adria, you have something really awesome that I wanted to talk about, which is that you've actually done a TEDx talk. Yes. And so I want you to tell us all about that. Like, where was it? When was it? And kind of share your story about about how you got that. Because I know that speaking at a TEDx is a big dream for a lot of Wellpreneurs listening. Yes. Okay. So first of all, I want to say to Wellpreneurs who are listening that TEDx is much more doable than you realize. Like it is work and you you have to go through certain hurdles, but you can do it. And it's really a great tool for growing your business credibility in your niche because as soon as I even just was selected to do a TED Talk and started sharing it with people, like instantly they saw me in a new light, like as more of an expert, just attaching that somehow. Then after you it's done, you can put it on your website, you can promote it to your followers. It's just... It's a great credibility boost, which I'm sure people listening kind of already have that sense. But along the lines of thinking that it's easier than you think, there. so first of all, let me say TED, like that's the main stage there. That is like celebrity, like more celebrity status getting there, like very hard to get in. But TEDx are independently organized. So there are many across the country, many across the world. 
you can probably find one that's near you to apply to. And for me, I can talk about what I went through. And I know that each TEDx organizer does things a little bit differently because the X stands for independently organized. So you can apply to be a TEDx organizer. So I applied for my local one. I live in Las Vegas. And I knew that that is the one I wanted to speak at. It was a TEDx woman event. It was around more of the entrepreneur focused area. And I put myself on the email list to be notified when auditions were open early on. So it was probably a year from when I knew that I wanted to do it to when I actually took the stage for the TEDx. And when I finally got the notification email, I just booked myself like immediately for a live edition spot because you have a choice, or at least in my case, I had a choice between sending in a video or doing a live audition in front of a panel of judges. And Mm -hmm. I took the live audition because if you're going to be taking the stage for a TEDx talk, you really need to put yourself in those situations of getting a little bit more comfortable and a little more experienced like standing in front of people with your message and sharing it. And, and the more you do that, the more comfortable and the, you know, you never really get comfortable, but the more able you are to keep going and you understand how, what to do with that nervous sensation that comes up. Exactly. To use that nervous (laughs) energy to actually like drive your presentation and make it better rather than just like freezing. Oh, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Because it's just sensation. Like my, Mm -hmm. the speaking coach I started working with, like she talks about it as sensation that you can turn it into whatever you want. So if you're going to like tense up and let it be fear, that's where it will stay. But if you let it turn into like the energy to have passion and to talk, like to use that energy for for good, (laughs) for better, like a better word then you can do that with that energy. Yeah, but- <laughs> that's such a great way because I've, I've done loads of public speaking in my corporate job and I never really thought about that. But it's like if you stop and kind of like breathe into it and let that nervous energy kind of like just spread, like dissipate rather than holding on to it like fear, then you can really just kind of like flow with it and use it to fuel you. And then I think you... I don't know. This all sounds very woo-woo, but so we'll move on. But <laughs> well, <laughs> but I well, totally get what you mean. You know what? It's a real thing and it's not just woo-woo. It's like, it is a real thing because you can feel like in your stomach, you can feel it start to tighten up or you can feel like, like tremors start to happen. And if you kind of breathe through it, I don't know. There's just, it's an actual physical reaction in your body and you start to notice it versus like tensing up. If you like opening up, like, I don't know if anyone's heard about like doing the hero stance and standing with your your legs spread out and your arms out in the air, that that's actually a confidence booster because you're opening your body and there's just like, there's studies, there's actual science behind this. <laughs> cool. Cool. Okay. So let's dig into this. So basically TEDx is independently organized. So yes. if you have a dream of speaking at a TEDx, you should find the one in your local area that has like a topic that's related to you. And of course they'll all work differently. So you're kind of just sharing the experience of the one you spoke at, but when you applied, did you actually have to give the title of your talk right then? Yes. Um, it could have changed after that point, but I had to kind of think of, okay, what is like my best guess at what my title would be? And part of also applying was when you do your audition, your audition, at least in my case, and I think probably in a lot of cases is a clip of what your talk would be. And you don't have to have your entire talk developed, but you have to have what your idea is, your idea worth spreading. And in that audition piece, you have maybe about two to three minutes that you can use and share, you know, a key story that you're going to be talking about. Basically, my co-organizer said that there are two keys to a good audition. One, that your energy and your passion come through. So you just like, you're riveting the audience, basically. And then the second is that you have a very clear message 
and that you express it in your audition piece. Because TEDx talks are all around this concept of the ideas we're spreading. So your idea has to, like your talk has to always be pulling back to that idea. It's a snippet, right? It's, it's an 18 minute talk or even less. And it's not a teaching experience. It's a transformational talk for the audience. Right. So it's really different from a lot of like workshop teaching or something that people might have done previously. I mean, this is if you if you're not familiar with TED Talks, actually get ready to just blow your mind because (laughs) there's some just absolutely incredible TED Talks on the Internet. And like you said, they're about 18 minutes. You don't really get slides or maybe you can have a couple and you can't have notes, right? You just have to talk. So just you. Yes. So the style of TED talking is so different than workshop or anything like that. It's transformational speaking. It's around giving the the audience an aha moment. So it's very much storytelling. It's a lot of like, what can I do? What can I bring into my talk to get people to this aha that I want them to have? So for example, mine was my TED talk is how food fuels hustle. So a lot of it was around, okay, how can I get them to this big idea that food is actually going to fuel their hustle? That if they're like driven, if they're whether they're, you know, a mom at home taking care of her kids or they're climbing the corporate ladder or they're an entrepreneur, that, that actually being conscious of what they're putting in their, do- their body is actually going to, you know, end up making them more productive and everything. So, so how do I get them to realize that? So including for my talk, including a story of like looking back at a photo album of myself from my early 20s and the pictures and I looked drained and tired and then like this huge revelation like what i i'm the most passionate energized person like that i know so how did i get from those between those two points and then incorporating you know maybe statistics that open people's eyes like a statistic for me about the percentage of people who skip lunch cuz they're too busy or adding these like little things in that all lead back to that supporting that little transformation you want for your audience so you want them to leave that day with this little switch flipped in their mind Okay, cool. So you went and you you got called, you did your application, you got called in for your interview, you went in and did your two or three minutes, and they picked you, and which is fantastic. And so then what happened after that? Did you, you must have freaked out a little bit. (laughs) Yes, that's so true. Okay, so yes. So it was about two weeks after the actual audition process and finding out whether I was selected. And that two weeks was really like, painstaking, like, oh, what is it? What is it going to be? And when I found out, I have to admit that the first thing that I thought, and this is so against what I work with my clients on, but I have to be honest. And I say that my next thought was, dang, (laughs) am I stage and video ready? How am I going to look on camera? And it's funny because I actually am very big on Uh, body confidence and loving your body how you are right now and balance, not perfection and all these things. But that's what went through my mind, like right at the beginning. And I think a lot of us as entrepreneurs, as wellness entrepreneurs, especially, that can be a big roadblock for us to not take steps forward, because especially because we feel like we need to be held to this perfect standard. So I was thinking, you know, my TEDx talk is titled How Food Fuels Hustle. My first instinct was, well, I can't talk about eating healthy without being super slender and having toned arms and like all these different things. And in the past, I probably would have, you know, set some goals and decided I was going to like restrict my calories a little bit or go to the gym more or whatever it was. But I realized that 
that I actually much rather be this role model for a little bit of body diversity because I, I see online business owners with personal brands us as very visible. We're sharing pictures and we're sharing videos with the public. And for the first time, we're actually part of the spectrum of media images that other women see. So we're like next to straight-sized models and actresses. And we're kind of like blending out that full spectrum of body diversity. I actually recently chatted with Denise Duffield Thomas, which I know you've had her on this podcast too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We were we were talking on my podcast about this thing and we got this discussion of how She's come to self-acceptance since she does a lot of videos and she's had weight fluctuations over the years, but been so visible. Like it's, it's this real thing for us as entrepreneurs to hit against that, to feel like, oh, I, you know, I can't do my photo shoot until I lose X pounds or whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that because actually we've never really talked about this topic on the podcast. And I think I hadn't quite thought about it, how you phrased it, but as online business owners, when we're putting out our personal brand and sharing about ourselves, we do become part of the media that people see alongside celebrities. And actually, that's awesome. Isn't it? Like, that's great. Yes, because we are showing diversity. And I really hadn't thought about that. But it actually, you know, because it's awful that how how similar everyone can see that or everyone seems that becomes a celebrity. But actually, we can change that by putting ourselves out how we are. Oh, um, Yeah. That's I'm really, really glad you said that. That's awesome. But I I totally get this feeling, like this extra pressure that because we work in wellness, we better look really good. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <You know>? exactly. <laughs> and it's awful. It's awful. Like with vintage Amanda stuff, because I teach about natural beauty. Like if I ever, before a workshop, feel like I'm getting a pimple or something, oh my gosh, I just think, well, I should just cancel it. Like these crazy ideas come into my head because I think who's going to listen to me if I have a pimple, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but it's like, funny. Actually, people don't think, I mean, we were way too hard on ourselves about stuff like this and you just have to get, your, get over it and move on like you did. Yeah, and you know what? And if we do show up with a pimple or if we do show up and we don't look like, the typical fitness model or whatever it is, then we are giving permission to our clients and to the people that we're working with that it's okay to be you, you know? And that whole spectrum of seeing all these, this range of, of different women, these range, this range of different people is helping our clients and helping all the people out there to see themselves in some of those pictures and be like, okay, she looks more like me. Like she's my role model rather than seeing all the pictures, like you were saying, like that look very similar because there's a specific standard that, you know, models and actresses are held to. So they end up in this similar range. So if we were only seeing that, we feel like we're not normal and we start to feel like there's something wrong with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yes. For everybody listening, you just need to put your real self out there. And I think your clients are more forgiving than you realize. And actually they like it that you're not perfect. Because it's super intimidating to learn from somebody that's perfect. Whereas if you're a real person, then it feels achievable and it feels like, oh, you've done it too, so I can do it. Heck yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so you had your little freak out about your body image and then you got over it. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. And then did you actually, like, how long did you have to prepare? And did you, you said you got a speaking coach and kind of what was the process you went through? Oh, yes. Okay, so... I guess I should back up a little bit. So we're talking about a speaking coach. So I actually, okay, so first I should say I grew up um, very shy as a kid. I was like the shy kid in class, in school. And I want to say for anyone who's shy and thinks that that they can't do 
a TEDx talk that there are two keys. One is just that the more you do something, the more comfortable you get, like we talked about earlier. And then the second one is when you really know what you're talking about, you're going to naturally feel more confident. If you really know your topic, then I'm sure you've noticed this already if you're working with clients. You know, even if you are a little bit shy, that melts away. So for me, it's been this gradual process of putting myself out there. So in high school, I was drum major and marching band. I had to stand up in front of everyone conducting for the whole school year. And then in architecture school for four years in college, I had to present my designs in front of a jury, like all these different little things of like having to do it, even though it was painful every time, kind of like weaved into like getting a little bit more comfortable standing in front of people. But none of it was easy. And there was always that sensation that we talked about. But when we talk about like having a speaking coach, what happened is I actually didn't have like a one-on-one speaking coach and I didn't have any like direct help in that way developing my TED Talk. But about a year in advance, the thing that got me to to realize I really could audition, like maybe this was possible, was I ended up through a series of events. I was giving a workshop, like doing a lot, presenting a, I was producing a live event and I ended up somehow in this speaker training. And I didn't really know what it was about. I thought I was just going to get more comfortable standing in front of people and talking. But it turned out that it was geared towards this TEDx style of talking, this transformational style. So I just ended up in this somehow randomly. And it really basically changed my life. It's with my friend, Alexia Vernon, who now has turned it into an online uh, program uh, called Your Spotlight Talk, which is really around helping you get, get and book your TEDx talk and write it and perform it and everything. So that's a great resource for anyone who's like looking for something like that. And she's amazing. And so I I ended up in that like a three month program somehow. And that's what birthed this idea. So I got this training of like being able to having more practice standing in front of people, having more practice, actually thinking in the way of telling stories versus teaching. I had always thought about talks in the way of teaching, like we, we talk about workshops, but it's a very big switch to flip to think about talks in the form of transforming and and helping people come to an idea. So that going through that that course that I was in was a huge shift for that. And then when I did get my talk, then I was or when I was about to audition for my talk, then I started going through Alexia's like online workshop that she had turned that course into and that really helped because because then I could go through all the material and that helped me to figure out what my my audition piece was, and then to write my final talk. Awesome. And I'll link that up in the show notes if anybody wants to check out Alexia's course. Okay. So then fast forward to the day where it was actually the talk. How did you, because you're so much into feeding your hustle, right? So how did you prepare for that? And, and what are some of the habits or things you did so that you knew you'd be at peak performance on that day? Oh, yeah, I know. And it's funny because I ended up doing a podcast episode about this too, like what I did in the week and the day leading up to my talk. And because it's along the same lines of what we were talking about, about how we are our own clients as wellness entrepreneurs. And sometimes we don't do what we would tell our clients to do. <laughs> and for me, there was a lot, the few days before, there was a lot of sensation coming up, a lot of that like nervous energy. And, and I kind of had to take off a little bit of time from work to just like, distract myself and read some books and and just kind of get away from it a little bit because I'm I'm of the perfectionist side of things and I tend to over prepare 
So there's only so much you can run through your talk, especially like the week up to it. You don't want to sound like a robot when you get up on the stage. So I kind of had to limit myself to like doing my talk just maybe three times a day or something <laughs> in the, the few days before. But really, the day of what I just made sure that I did was that I just had a lot of breathing that I just because we get so like breathing fast and up in our like our shoulders up in our ears and tense. So it was really just like continually breathing. And when I knew I was going to be going up um, after the next speaker, I just excused myself and went to a room to the side and just kind of stood in there and breathed a little bit. I actually did a little bit of um, getting my heart rate up. So a little bit of <laughs> jumping jacks and dancing around because that when you get your heart rate up a little bit, it helps to neutralize that nervous sensation. So it almost feels like the nervous sensation is because you were exercising rather than because you're nervous, kind of forget. And then just breathing again and trusting that when I get up there, I'm prepared and everything's going to come out as it needs to. And how was it? Oh, man. So I've watched my talk. So I know I did great and I love it. And I've got a lot of great feedback. But I have to admit, when I was up on the stage, I had a couple of moments where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm up here. This is happening right now. <laughs> I hope I don't <laughs> like an out of, of, out of body like an out of body experience or something. Ex exactly. I had a couple of moments where I was like above myself looking down, like, I hope <laughs> you do this right. <laughs> but, but by the end, I was like back in and I was like grounded and, and looking at the audience and and I was able to finish like very confident and in my body. <laughs> That's great. That's so cool. And I'll link up to your TED talk too. So everybody can go through and watch that if they want to. Oh yeah. So I'm really curious, like what changes have you noticed in your business since doing your TED talk? Well, definitely that piece around credibility. So now, you know, my TED talk is on my homepage. It's on my about pages, <laughs> like pretty much a lot of pages on my website. It's on and just a also professional contacts, just the people that I know in my community. And, and since I do work with female entrepreneurs, like my clients and my people, my community are the same. So it's, it's very, very much a credibility booster. And I, I would definitely say that, like, I haven't seen direct clients coming from it, like directly, but it's more of like that back end of your body of work and just showing like, it's kind of like the ultimate guest post plus a hundred where you've been featured somewhere. And the fact that you were featured is a big deal. Actually, that just made me realize I should put TEDx on my little um, featured in badges at the bottom of my homepage. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think it's a big door opener because you can say, well, I've, you know, I've done a TEDx talk and that will get you other speaking opportunities or who knows? Yeah. Lots yeah. of things. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think especially for speaking, it's a big door opener. I have it on my bio. I have it, you know, I, yeah, I, I add it in wherever it is for credibility. It's the highest level of credibility that I have. Awesome. Thank you so much, Adrian. It's been really great talking with you. Thank you, Amanda. This has been a blast. <laughs> so can you tell us, just remind us, I'll link everything up, but where people can find you if they want to get in touch or learn more or talk to you about your talk? Yes, absolutely. So you can find me over at adriadecourt.com. That's my website. It's A-D-R-I-A-D-E-C-O-R-T-E. And my podcast is Feed Your Hustle. If you want to check that out, I think it's worth listening to, especially if you like anything we talked about today. And I'm also right now, if, if it resonated with you, the fact that you're a wellness entrepreneur, but 
have had a hard time implementing the advice you do for clients, I am also offering a series of free 20-minute healthier hustle sprint sessions for female entrepreneurs to work through one struggle that you've been having, balancing health and hustle. And I'd be happy to help listeners. And we can link that up too, but you can go to adriadecourt.com slash call to schedule yours if that's an easier way. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, I'll put that in the show notes. So everybody listening, you can just like tap on the picture of the podcast and it should go right to the show notes and then you can click from there. Cool. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. 